Welcome to the Cities Church Podcast. We're a church that's on a mission to plant 100 churches in 100 cities that each reach 1,000 people in the next 10 years. Today, we have an incredible message for you and pray that through listening, you'll walk away empowered to fulfill the mission of Jesus in your life. Good morning, Cities Church. So good to have you joining us today. Would you bow your heads with me as I just pray for the word that we're about to receive? Father, I thank you for your people. I thank you for where they're at this morning. And I just know that your presence is right there with them and you're just ready to have an encounter with them through the power of your word. And I just thank you that your word will cause transformation to happen in their lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, good morning and welcome again. We're so glad to have you join us today, especially if this is your first time ever on a City Stretch platform. Thank you so much for joining us. And we actually want to know who you are. So please let us know in the chat. We've got some of our best hosts online right now who would love to connect with you and answer any questions you have. I'm so excited to be bringing God's word to you today. I don't know if you're not from Manitoba, if you're not in Canada, we've been having nicer weather the past this past few days and it's been absolutely wonderful and so um, I'm just excited to see how summer just continues to unfold but also we've also been having less restrictions and I just want to take a moment to say thank you to all of our government officials our public health officials our frontline workers for all the hard work they've been putting in so that we could be safe and healthy so thank you so much for everything you're doing it is impacting our lives every single day. And I can bet that none of us were expecting or prepared for this season. None of, how could you even plan for a global pandemic? There's no course in university that teaches you about how to prepare for a global pandemic. Maybe after this, there'll be one. But none of us were prepared for this season. But we've been learning over the last few weeks that even though it hit us unprepared, that we're not stepping into the next season unprepared as well. That this season has actually been an opportunity and a way that we have been positioned to live life the way that God always designed for us to live, to live our lives on assignment. That if you are a believer in Jesus, that this season is not meant to destroy you. This season has actually been to position you to live your life in the fullness that God has for you. Rebuilding your life by living on assignment helps you have a life that is firmer, more solid, and has a stronger foundation. And so that's what we've been learning through the life of Nehemiah over the last few weeks. And I'm so excited to talk about what God's been showing me today, but also I just wanted to encourage you that don't just be a note taker today. Ask God to help you go from taking notes to being someone who actually does what you receive. And so today I'm so excited to be talking about what Nehemiah's life can teach us. And also I think we've been talking about assignment a lot and a lot of you are like, what does that even mean? What does it mean, my assignment, my assignment? And so this week, as I was preparing, God gave me a different way that I think would help you for you to see your assignment differently. And so I want to let you know that your assignment is God's work in you to accomplish a good work in the world through you. I'm going to say that again. Your assignment is God's work in you to accomplish a good work in the world around you. And through you. And so when you see it that way, it's a bit different. It's not just this general thing that you hear about your assignment. It goes further than that, that it's a good work through you that God wants to do in you. And so this morning, I'm so excited to talk about what God's work is. And the truth is, God's work, 
will always produce good works. God's work always produces good works. We've got so many examples in the Bible and even in the lives of people that I look up to and are my heroes. I've seen that as they've allowed God's work in them, it has produced a good work in the world through them. And we can see that even in the life of Jesus. Jesus is a great example that when he came to earth, he surrendered to the will of God and God did a work in him that produced good works to the world through him. That he was able to heal the sick, he was able to raise the dead, he was able to do incredible and impossible things. Why? Because God's work was working in him and was producing good works to the world through him. We see that in the life of the apostles because they spent time with Jesus. God was doing a work in them. And because of that, we have the gospel, we have the Bible, we know the good news because God's work in them produced good works in the world through them. I've seen this in the life of my parents growing up. Both my parents are pastors. And because they've allowed God's work to uh, happen in their lives, it's produced good works through their ministry in Nigeria and other parts of Africa. That's God's work in them producing good works through them. One of my heroes in the faith is Reverend Rehad Bonki, and in his ministry on earth, before he died, 79 million people were saved directly through his ministry. 79 million, that's 1% of the world population. That's huge, but that's because he gave himself over to God's work in him, producing good works in the world through him. Our pastor, Pastor Ben, God's work in him is what the reason why you can watch this message today. It's the reason why we get to be a part of a great movement in our nation. God's work in him is producing good works in the world through him. And that's what I want you to think about every time I say the word assignment. I don't want you to just think about this vague concept. I want you to think about it in terms of my assignment is God's work in me to accomplish good works in the world through me. And so I think that when we say it like that, a lot of people are like, yeah, that sounds great. But here's the catch. And here's the reason why so many of us say no. It's because God's work in us is hard work. I know, you weren't expecting that this morning. You were expecting to come and hear a word and be like, okay, I don't have to do anything. God's just going to pour it out on me and I'm going to be good. It's hard work. And I think that's why a lot of people start and then they quit or they start and then they stop because God's good work in them is hard work. And if you were upset when I said the word hard work, I'm with you. I don't always enjoy hard work. Like I like the benefits of hard work but it doesn't mean I want to do the work that it takes to get the benefits of it. I'll give you some examples from my own life. I want to have abs, but I don't want to stop eating bread, and I definitely don't want to work out three to five times a week. Is there a different way that we could make this happen? Seriously, if you're out there and you can make a diet where we could still eat carbs and have abs, I would absolutely be down for that. I don't want to do the hard work, but I want the benefits of hard work. See, I don't want, I want to be the best wife ever, but I don't want to forgive quickly. I don't want to let go of little things. And I definitely don't want to be submissive and obedient all the time, sometimes maybe. I don't want the benefits of the hard work without actually doing the work. I want to be employee of the month. Hey, I do. But I definitely don't want to put in all the extra hours and do all the extra steps that it's going to take to get it. So we're all on the same level. Every single person would love the benefits of hard work if it meant we didn't have to do it that difficult, in a difficult way. You want the benefits of it, but God's good work in you is hard work. And we're going to see that in the life of Nehemiah. But just because it's hard does not mean that you need to give up on it. 
Every successful, every impactful, every influential person will tell you that it is taking them hard work to get to where they are. It is taking them hard work to build a solid foundation for their lives. It is taking them hard work to get to where they are today. And so I know you might be discouraged by the fact that God's good work in you is going to be hard work, but I want to encourage you to not give up on it. See, it will take hard work to rebuild a powerful, dynamic, and better life in this season. It will take hard work to build, rebuild a powerful, dynamic, and better life in this season. But that's okay because you can do it. I once heard a preacher say that we all want the prophetic word, but we don't want to do the prophetic work. And I've experienced that in my life where I hear things that are said about my life and I'm like, that sounds amazing. How can I get it? And it's like, you got to read books. You got to spend lots of time in prayer. You got to do this. You got to do that. And then I'm like, ooh, that seems like a lot of work. And if you're in the Christian community, maybe you're the same way. You want to receive the word, but when you know the steps it takes to get that word accomplished in your life, you kind of back away from it. I want to encourage you, don't give up. Just because it's hard doesn't mean that you need to give up. If it's worth having, then it's worth putting in the work to get it. Um, I've shared with you guys over the last few weeks how I've heard, I'd heard so many times over the last few years that I was going to be preaching one day. I actually just remembered um, in my study time this week that when I was 16, my mom actually told me, huh, I think you're going to be a pastor one day. And I was very clear. I said, no. I'm like, no, mom, I'm not interested at all. You can just forget about that. She's like, okay. Well, if you don't want to be a pastor, then you can marry a pastor. And I was like, who, does this woman know me? Like, definitely not. I'm like, no, mom, I'm good. And then I come to Canada. I moved to Canada to continue my education, get connected with City's Church. And then Pastor Ben speaks that same word over me. And I'm like, uh, I don't quite know. But again, I've actually experienced this for myself, that it wasn't just people who were telling me about it, that um, in 2015 or 2016, I remember this one day very clearly because I wrote it down, that I was in the shower. So I wasn't doing anything like super spiritual. I wasn't in time of prayer. I was just in the bathroom showering. And I heard a word in my heart that told me that I was going to be a great preacher one day. And I remember just thinking, like, that's random, I was like, Lord, do you mean like a great female preacher? Because I feel like there's less, to, less people that I can contend with in that way. And he told me, this is not about gender faith. You're just going to be a great preacher one day. And I was like, oh, okay, sounds good. But I didn't think much of it. And honestly, I know I'm not even there yet. I'm just getting started. And I know it's going to take work. And I know it's going to be hard work to get to that level. But I'm not willing to give up because I know that that's God's work in me to do a good work in the world through me. And so it's not just about me. There are more people that are connected to that good work that God wants to do. And so I can't give up because it gets hard. I can't give up because I get tired. I have got to keep going because that is God's work in me to do a good work in the world through me. You can say amen at home this morning. See, even though it would take hard work, I want to encourage you to do the work. See, if you were in the Praying with Insight course over the last few weeks, you got to pull out your notes and you've got to do the work. You can't experience the things that we learned if you refuse to do the work and your notes are just sitting somewhere. Come on, you have to do the work. If you want a better marriage, you can't just wish for a better marriage. You gotta put in the work to get and have a better marriage. If you want great finances, you gotta put in the work. Read a Dave Ramsey book, listen to some podcasts, do a budget. You can't just expect the work to happen without putting in the work to see 
see it happen. If you want healthy families, come on, you can put in the work to get to know your children, to get to know your spouse, put in the work. See, I want to have great friendships, but I don't want to be vulnerable. So I don't know how that's going to happen. So I have to put in the work and you have to put in the work in the areas that you want to rebuild and you want to rebuild it in a powerful and dynamic way. You've got to put in the work. Don't be afraid of doing the work because God's going to back you up. If it's God's work in you to accomplish a good work in the world through you, believe it or not, he will be with you. Amen. And so today I'm so excited for us to talk about Nehemiah because Nehemiah experienced this as well. Nehemiah was in a time where he heard about the devastation in Jerusalem. And he's like, what am I supposed to do? And so we talked about it, that he spent time in prayer first. That was his foundation. That was him starting that work. And after he got confirmation of what he needed to do next, then he took the next step. But I'm going to show you from the story we're going to read today that Nehemiah had to work. He had to get in the grind to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And yes, it will be gritty, and yes, it will be work, but we can learn from Nehemiah's life what we need to do to make sure that it happens. So if you want to go with me this morning, we're going to be reading from Nehemiah 2, from verse 11, and then we're going to skip to verse 17 and 18. If you were here, I would tell you to let me know when you're there, but I'm pretty sure it's on your screen, so we'll just, we'll just assume that it's there for you. All right, Nehemiah 2, it says, And so I arrived in Jerusalem. After I had been there three days, I got up in the middle of the night, I and a few men who were with me. I hadn't told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. Then I gave them my report. Face it, we're in a bad way here. Jerusalem is a wreck. Its gates are burned up. Come, let's build the wall of Jerusalem and not live with this disgrace any longer. I told them how God was supporting me and how the king was backing me up. And they said, we're with you. Let's get started. They rolled up their sleeves, ready for the good work. I love this verse. I love that the first thing Nehemiah did was just look at the damage. He went there and he took an assessment. He's like, wow, this is bad. The walls are a wreck. Jerusalem in itself is a wreck. But then he didn't just stop there. He didn't just say, well, it's going to be too much work. I'm out. I didn't understand how bad this was going to be. So now I need to go and rethink what else I can do. Maybe I can go and pray and ask God to use someone else. Maybe I can go and see if God has a different army that he can use. No, he faced the facts. And maybe you're in that situation as well right now where you're looking at your life and things are starting to reopen Life looks like it's going to get back to normal. It's not going to get back to the way it was. So why do you need to rebuild the way you rebuilt it before? It's time to do something different. But you can face the facts that it's a wreck. Yeah, maybe you need to rebuild from the ground up. But I love what Nehemiah did here. See, for you to be able to handle the hard work that comes with the good work that God wants to do through your life in this season, you have to face the facts. But like Nehemiah, the first thing you need to do is you need to believe that God wants to do a good work through you. So it can't just be something that someone else tells you. It can't be something else that you just uh, feel like might happen. This is why the foundation is prayer. That's what Nehemiah did. He started with prayer. And from the place of prayer, he got the confidence that, yes, God wants me to do a good work in Jerusalem. God wants to work in me so I can go to Jerusalem and he can do a good work through me. 
And so you need to start from that place of prayer where you can get that confidence that God wants to do a good work through you. And if you already have that foundation of prayer, if you ever doubt, if it ever gets too hard, guess what? You can go back to the place of prayer and receive that confidence again. The people that we marvel at, the people that we love, the people that we, we aspire to in the Bible, they all started with prayer. Jesus, he prayed for 40 days and 40 nights before he was actually released and started to do great works in his time. The apostles, after Jesus resurrected and went to heaven, they had to stay in the upper room and pray before they received the Holy Spirit. Our ministry started with prayer. In 2009, Pastor Ben started a prayer meeting, and there's nothing we do in this church without prayer. That's the foundation. That's the first step. And you can't receive God's work and know in your heart that it's going to be good work if you do not receive it directly from him. And the way that you do that is through the place of prayer. And so I want to encourage you to make prayer a priority as God's work in you produces a good work in the world through you. I know, I know I keep bringing prayer up, but I don't know anything that works better. If you start with prayer, you can always go back to the place of prayer no matter what. And that's what Nehemiah did. And we're going to see throughout his story, which next week we're going to see how prayer really impacted Nehemiah's journey in rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. But for today, you know that it's going to be hard work to rebuild the life that God wants you to rebuild. But that's okay, because if you've got prayer as your foundation, if you make that a priority, that's where you receive strength. See, before I come out to speak, I, I cannot come out here without prayer. I have no confidence without prayer. But because of prayer, I believe that God's put a word in my mouth that I could speak to you, that I could come and share with you this morning. So make prayer a priority as God's work continues in you to produce a good work in the world through you. Amen. The second thing that Nehemiah did, that I love so much. It's probably my favorite part. I was squealing when God showed me this in this verse because I'm like, yes, I'm so excited. I'm going to read you uh, Nehemiah 2, 17 to 18 again. So he went to Jerusalem and he went with a few men and then he said, come, let's build the wall of Jerusalem and not live with this disgrace any longer. I told them, so he had people there with him, how God was supporting me and how the king was backing me up. And the people who were with him said, we're with you. Let's get started. They rolled up their sleeves, ready for the good work. So the second thing Nehemiah did was he got a team, people. He found people who could get on the same page with him and believe that God had given him a good work to accomplish it. And so I want to tell you that you need a team. You need people in your life. See, making an impact may not be easy, but it does not have to be lonely. You don't have to make an impact. You don't have to think that you have to make an impact or rebuild your life in this season by yourself. No, Nehemiah found people because he knew it was going to be hard work. And I love that it says, they said, let's roll up our sleeves. Let's get started. You know people are about to work when they get their sleeves rolled up, which I wasn't really planning on doing. And then I realized when I was coming on stage that my sleeves were rolled because I'm here to work. I'm here to make sure that that word gets in your heart and in your mind and causes transformation to happen for you. They rolled up their sleeves. It's going to be gritty. It's going to be hard work. So you need people who can get in the trenches with you. You need people who can fight with you and fight for you. You need people that you can depend on and call upon. 
So your foundation is prayer because you need that connection to God first and foremost. But the next thing you need is you need people. See, Jesus did that. As soon as Jesus started his ministry, he found 12 people. 12 people that would go with him all the time. And there are times where there were thousands of people. And there are times where he sent out 120 and then 70. But he always had his 12. And then he had his three. You need people. We see the same thing with Paul, who has impacted the New Testament so much. He was always working as a team, whether it was with Silas or Timothy. He always had partners in the churches that he was writing to. He was working with people. You need a team. You need people who can get in the trenches with you and fight with you. See, I want to encourage you, City's Church, that you do not have to rebuild your life in this season alone. God knows the importance of partnership, the importance of working together with people. I love that at City's Church, I have people that I don't have to make decisions by myself. I can bring it to the people around me, to my amazing coworkers, and I can say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? And I know that they're in the trenches with me. When we get in a prayer meeting, I know I'm not praying by myself. I've got a group of people who are praying alongside me, who are helping me move forward in the spirit. You need people. See, from the very beginning, that's what God did. You cannot accomplish God's work alone. It's too big for one person. And we talked about that already last week. That when God gives you an assignment, it's usually a little bit bigger than you. That's why you have to step into it afraid, right? Because you might not be able to do it all on your own. But that's okay. God doesn't want for you to do it on your own. When God wants to do something on the earth, he's usually partnering with someone or partnering with people. From the very beginning, we see that. I'm going to read to you some verses that explain how important it is to not do it alone. Genesis 2 verse 18 says, this is from the very beginning, says, Now the Lord God said, it is not good, sufficient, and satisfactory that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper who is suitable, adapted, and complementary for him. From the very beginning, God knew that we were not supposed to do it alone. And when Nehemiah went to the walls of Jerusalem and he saw how much work it was going to be, he knew, okay, I cannot do this by myself. i got to get a group of people who can help me. Come on, you need to find your people. Even God himself, God is a triune being. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He's not doing it alone, so why do you think you need to do it alone? I love this verse as well in Matthew 18 from verse 19 to 20. It says, again, I tell you, If two of you on earth agree, harmonize together, make a symphony together about whatever, anything and everything they may ask, it will come to pass and be done for them by my Father in heaven. For wherever two or three are gathered, drawn together as my followers in my name, there I am in the midst of them. That is such a powerful verse. If two or more shall agree as to touching anything, they can ask whatever and it will be done for them. You've got to go find your people so that you can agree together with them, so that you can fight together with them. People who will roll up their sleeves and get in the trenches with you. You're not meant to rebuild your life alone. Don't feel like you need to be isolated. You don't have to do it by yourself. This verse is so powerful. Agreement makes anything possible. Something that Pastor Ben taught us last summer when we were talking about this is how we do it here. Agreement. 
but it takes two or more to come together to agree as to touching anything. So you need to find the people who can roll up their sleeves with you, who can start the work with you. The other reason why that's so great is that sometimes when it gets too hard, you might forget that it's a good work that God said he was going to do in you and through you. But you're going to have those people remind you, no, no, this is what God said, so we're going to keep going. This is why you should not do it alone. This is why we keep talking to you about discipleship groups at City's Church. I love the time that I get to share with my discipleship group where I get to share with them my struggles, where I get to ask them to pray for me. They pour courage into me every single week. So if you don't have your people, get in touch with us. We would love to get you connected with a discipleship group that can walk through life with you. We're not meant to do it alone. See, this is how Nehemiah accomplished God's work in his life. Remember, your assignment is God's work in you to accomplish a good work in the world through you. And Nehemiah did this by, first of all, he believed that God wanted to do a good work through him. And so that's where you need to start. You need to start for getting that confidence in the place of prayer that God has truly said he's going to do a good work through you. And then once you believe that, the second thing Nehemiah did to accomplish his purpose was that he found a group of people to help him. He found a team. He did not do it by himself. And I believe that that's how you can rebuild in this season. You can first rebuild by believing with all of your heart and your mind that God wants to accomplish a good work through you. And you do that by being in the place of prayer consistently and persistently. And when that happens, you need to find your people. The people that can go in the trenches with you. The people who can fight with you and fight for you. See, I know the things that God has spoken to me in my life. And I know that I can accomplish it because of prayer and because of the people that I know that God has blessed me with. I'm going to read you this verse one more time. This is a different verse, but it's from Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9 to 12. It's a very hard verse to say book of the Bible to say, I'm not going to say it again. 4 verse 9 to 12, it says, two are better than one. Two are better than one because they have a good, more satisfying reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. But again, if two lie down together, then they have warmth. But how can one be warm alone? And though a man might prevail against him who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Such a powerful verse. And this verse is what I believe for my life. I believe that I can accomplish God's good work in me and through me, not because I'm going to do it by myself, no. Because I'm connected to the source in prayer and because of the people that I know are coming alongside me and helping me and pushing me and they're rolling up their sleeves and saying, let's go, Faith, let's get started, let's rebuild. What do you need to rebuild? Let's do it together. So I want to encourage you as well. You need to find your people. You need to find your group. Again, if you don't have one, let us know. We'll get you set up on a discipleship group. But I know that I can do the things that God has spoken to me because he's blessed me with amazing people, with my husband, with my coworkers and friends who I trust with my very life, 
with my family that I know, oh, you do not want to mess with Nigerians, especially in the spirit. We go hard. I know that I can trust them. If there's something too heavy, if it's too hard for me to carry by myself, that's okay because I'm not actually carrying it by myself. And I want you to know that you can rebuild a powerful and dynamic life post-COVID-19 by staying connected to God in prayer and by rebuilding your life, not by yourself, but with people around you. See, I would love to pray with you this morning that you can take what you've heard, though it's very simple, it's very direct, that you can take that and you can look at your life and you can ask, okay, do I have people who will work hard with me, who will help me when the burden is getting too heavy? And here's the thing, when God is going to work in you and through you, you're not just going to have to deal with the work itself. You're going to have to deal with opposition. And you need people who can stand back to back with you and they say, let's go. I'm going to fight with you. I'm here for the long haul. I'm not going anywhere. And I believe that God has set those people around you. And if you would open your eyes to see them, if you would ask God to show you, if you don't know who those people are, that God can and will do that for you. So would you bow your heads with me at home? I'm going to pray over you because I just feel this so strongly in my heart, how important it is to not do this alone, to not stay isolated. We've talked about social isolation, but you don't have to stay isolated in your heart. And so I'm going to pray with you this morning. God, I just thank you for your people. And I thank you for your word this morning on how to rebuild our lives. God, I thank you that you want to do a good work through us in the world. And we just give ourselves over to the work that you want to do. And I pray, Father, for your people listening or watching this right now, that you will show them who their people are, that you will give them the courage and the strength to not give up on prayer, that they will not blame it on age or experience or anything else. If you could use Abraham at the age of 75, if you could use Joshua and Caleb at the age of 80, then you can use and do anything with anyone who would just offer themselves to the work that you want to do through them. And so I just pray for my church family this morning, God, and I pray that you would do that in their hearts that you will solidify in the place of prayer the good work that you want to do through them and that you will show them the people who can be rallied around them to help them accomplish the good work that you want to do through them. In Jesus' name, amen. I would also love to pray for you this morning. If you're hearing this message, if you're listening to this message, but you don't have a relationship with God and you would love to start a relationship with him, Oh, he just loves you so much and he wants a relationship with you. We were talking this morning about the spirit of God coming and filling this place. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship with the God of the heavens and the earth. And so if you do not have a relationship with Jesus this morning, I would love to lead you in a simple but powerful prayer. Or if you started a relationship with Jesus but maybe you've walked away or something happened and you're, you stopped your relationship and you want to restart your relationship with him this morning, I would love to pray with you as well. And so if you could just repeat this prayer after me, it's very simple, but it's powerful and it changes everything for you. Would you please say this prayer after me? Say, Jesus, thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for saving me. I come to you and I confess that I've hurt people 
that I've hurt myself and I'm sorry. I ask you to come into my life, change me, forgive me, and transform me. From today, I declare that I believe in Jesus. From today, I declare that I am following Jesus. Amen. I'm so excited for you. If you prayed that prayer this morning, I promise you it changes everything. This is the first most important relationship. This is where it all starts from. And then you can just continue to build on your relationship with the Lord and the people that he sets around you. If you prayed that prayer, we would love to help you along your faith journey. And so I want to encourage you this morning to please send us an email at connect at cities.church if you prayed that prayer and we would love to connect with you, answer any questions you have, get you a Bible and help you along your faith journey. Or you could text CONNECT to 204-813-9873 and we would love to help you get connected this morning. Well, Cities Church, I'm so excited that I've been able to be talking to you about Nehemiah next week. You wanna be here. We're gonna be talking about fighting and opposition for the work that God wants to do in us and I'm so excited to share that with you. So would you give it up for Pastor Ben as he comes and leads us in our partnership portion of the service. Thanks for listening today. If you like this message and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or visit cities.church podcast. Don't forget, you can join us live for our Sunday morning church experience at cities.church live.